You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Welcome to another edition of the DFS On Deck podcast brought to you by the Line Star app. Happy Tuesday. I'm Chris Meany. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. We got an action-packed full slate here. Joe Pizzapia is still away being the best dad ever with his kids in Orlando Universal Studios. He'll be back later on in the week, but I got a great guest here today. You probably are already aware of Greg Landry. He is an MLB writer for Line Star, so he's checking in. Greg, uh, happy Tuesday to you. Thanks for doing this. GP underscore Landry is your Twitter handle. That's where everybody can give you a follow. But Greg, we were talking off air. This is an interesting slate for you to come in and talk some top tier pitching today. Feels strange uh, starting off this show without the signature AO from from Joey P. <laughs> I, I kind of felt like I should try to pull it off, but I just I just don't think it's going to happen. So, so I, I was in the same boat yesterday. I was like, should I go, hey, yo, should I pretend that I'm Joe and just kind of see until somebody tunes in and is like, hey, Joe sounds a little weird today. He sounds like the crazy, crazy Canadian. Um, he, nonetheless, he's probably got that thing trademarked at this point, right? Like he has to. He does. He really does. I've been doing some shows with Joe for a long time and the, the hey yo i actually have to turn the levels down a little bit when i'm adjusting for him because uh, he comes in hot so we definitely uh we miss joe pizapia but we're happy to have you today to talk some baseball greg so let's get right into it um you know not a lot to really talk about for last night uh the orioles got lit up again greg i mean it's been an, an ongoing thing for a couple of years now heading into last night their their starting pitching staff had allowed the most home runs their bullpen had allowed the most home runs and you know, the ERA, just a whole team ERA was just off the charts. So um, the White Sox put up double digit runs on them last night. Are you surprised? No, not in the least. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you look up and down that rotation, Bundy, Hess. I mean, these guys are like all in the top 10 in home runs allowed. They were last year, too. Uh, Ryan Humphreys, the other the other baseball writer for Line Star, had Chicago was his favorite stack of the night. Like, no, not surprised in the least. Yeah, very nice, Humphreys. Okay, so yesterday we had the postponed game between the two lefties in Detroit and Boston, Matthew Boyd and Chris Sale. Yeah, You're not going to be able to play that on any slate. It's going to happen in the afternoon. So, I mean, if you want a piece of it, you can maybe do some betting. But what, I just want to get your take maybe on Chris Sale. Like, how concerned are you? The velocity seemed to be back up. You know, yesterday he was a great value, a great discount. I mean, I was looking on the board and there was like six or seven pitchers more expensive than Chris Sale. I mean, I'm sure his ownership... Greg would have been about 40, 45 percent. But what do you expect from him? You know, his next couple starts, how, how concerned are you? So I feel like this is kind of the do or die because it's against Detroit. And Detroit obviously has a, a pretty watered down lineup from major league standpoint. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I kind of felt like it was like that against Toronto and then he got lit up against Toronto. So I, I, everyone here in Boston, I, I live just outside of Boston, is sort of waiting for when is he going to figure it out? I mean, it's still early. And it's, it's not like he's the only pitcher that's been having trouble. I mean, it seems right. like all the top-tier pitchers right now. I mean, we were talking about this before we started the show, but, like, Cole got lit up over the weekend. Scherzer got lit up in Miami over the weekend. Like, it's not like Sale is the only one having trouble. Um, but, you know, 
starting to get to that point where it's a little bit do or die. The Red Sox are coming off the sweep of Tampa Bay, which was a good step in the right direction. And and they're obviously going to need sale if they're going to make a push this year. So um, it'll be interesting. Detroit is not a scary lineup. So, so if he gets lit up by Detroit, then, then yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah. And, you know, being in Toronto, that was the feel as well. Like if the Jays get to Chris sale earlier in the year and they did, then he's in trouble. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait. You're, you're dead on there. There's been a lot of slow starts from some big name pitchers. So um, we'll bypass that game, but we are keeping an eye on Chris sale in terms of velocity and just trying to take advantage of that Tigers lineup. So let's get right into it. Six ten Eastern is really the first game. You're going to have to get into a little bit of a slate Fandle, Of course, you can get these games in. We have Miami, at Cleveland, Carlos Carrasco on the hill. He's 10-4 on DK. Pablo Lopez fit, pitching for the Marlins, 6-7. Obviously, one of the lowest team implied totals here, 3.2 for, for Miami. Carlos Carrasco's been kind of all over the place. He's coming off a really good start, though. 4.9 is the team implied total for Cleveland. Do you have any interest in guys like Jose Ramirez, Carlos Gonzalez? Francisco Lindor is obviously back, and he's priced accordingly. If I look over on FanDuel, Greg, I see Jose Ramirez at 3,000. I mean, it seems like it's only a matter of time before he has like a monster game. I feel like if you're playing on Fanduel, you probably just take that shot in the discount and just hope for the best. Yeah, I mean Pablo Lopez, I think is is got a bright future. Um, I'm not quite buying him yet, uh, and it's you know the the Cleveland lineup looks a lot different now that they've got Lindor in there. So that that top that really top four. Lindor, Ramirez, Kipnis, I'm not really too afraid of, but Lindor, Ramirez, and then Carlos Santana. I mean, that's a that's a pretty tough first four there. So uh, obviously Vegas likes them with the 4.9 implied total. So I, I definitely have interest in the, the Indians lineup. Yeah, you're right about Pablo. I agree. There There is some upside with him. I mean, he, he's striking guys out, right? I mean, he's right now a double-digit K per nine, limiting the walks, uh, and has kind of been unlucky, really, to start the season. The XFIP much lower than the ERA. Someone to keep an eye on. Cleveland has been striking out, but the lineup is, is much better. I mean, you get cargo in there. Uh, the, the return of Lindor. So uh, maybe not a play for Lopez, even though he is pretty cheap. Let's move over to Cincinnati and Atlanta. We have Kevin Gossman been really good since he was acquired from the Braves last year, been better at home. This one is in Cincinnati. It's not a great pitcher's ballpark. Sonny Gray on the Hill hasn't been awful yet to get a win as a red. What's your take here on this game? Uh, I like the Braves. Uh, I'm not a big fan of playing pitchers in uh, the great American small park. So uh, <laughs> don't blame you. Know, me. Yeah. And you know, the Reds, the Reds have been a little bit better at home. Gossman's been, been okay. Uh, I, I guess, I guess you could make an argument for the Reds, but, but I've been all over the Braves since the beginning of the season. And so far it's worked out fairly well. So I'm not going to stop here. Yeah, I don't blame you there at all. Um, we should see Albies uh, in the lineup, you know, projected to be the leadoff guy. Sometimes against the lefty, he, he gets in that leadoff spot and he's bumped down the lineup a little bit. But I always find, you know, in the middle of that Braves lineup, you get, you know, Acuna is priced appropriately, but Josh Donaldson, 3-7 in the two spot. Nick Marcakis, 3-6. And, you know, Dansby Swanson's had a pretty good season so far too, Greg, and he's 3-3. Any interest there? Maybe a little bit of a value bat against Gray? The, the price differences on these guys between the two main sites are is crazy. It's wild, right? isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Because Dansby's four seven on on DK, and I'm looking at it like I don't know if I want to pay that. Yeah, and, a bit of a pass. But, but on Fanduel, it's like these guys are free. So yeah, uh, you know this this is probably a better play on Fanduel versus DraftKings. 
Okay, let's move over to Pittsburgh. We have Trevor Williams on the hill. He's 8-3 on DraftKings. He's $8,000 on FanDuel at home, taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Luke Weaver, we talked off air as well. This is almost like a comeback slate. We'll get into a couple other guys who are trending up and, you know, a little bit of a surprise, at least for me at this point of the season, that they've had this kind of success. Luke Weaver is one of them. This is somebody I was in on last year as as a, a... a decent strikeout guy, keeps the ball on the ground, and then all of a sudden he was allowing home runs. He was struggling with the command. Uh, this is going to be the, one of the lowest totals on the board. Maybe not a lot of runs. I said, I think I said that, Greg, actually, to Neil Parker on Monday, and we saw Arizona put up double-digit runs against the Pirates. Um, any feel here? Would you go to Luke Weaver against the Pirates? Because they did get Gregory Polanco back into the lineup, uh, but overall, they just haven't been that strong of an offense. So... My take on Weaver, it's like if you look at last year's numbers, it's it's not pretty. And then you look at this year's number, it's like literally the tale of two different people. Um, and it's interesting because he's had some tough matchups too. He's he's faced Atlanta, he's faced the Red Sox, he's faced he's faced the Dodgers. Um, and the Sierra is is you know slightly below the ERA, three point three two. He's got fifty three percent ground balls. He's got really good strikeouts right now, twenty seven point three strikeout rate. Like everything lines up like this is for real, even though it's a small sample. Um, I, I think for me, it's going to be, what is the rest of the field do? Because if, if Luke Weaver is suddenly chalky tomorrow, because there's not a lot of like real standout pitchers on this slate, then I'm probably not going to go with him. But if he's flying under the radar, then I think he could make sense. The pirates aren't really a scary lineup. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it could be a a sneaky little play. I mean, PNC park, we know is a nice pitcher's ballpark. And for Luke Weaver, he had some great numbers there and just the pirates overall. I mean, just in terms of offense, not generating a lot. I mean, they're 27th and Woba, um, not striking out a ton, um, but still, you, you mentioned Weaver. I mean, he has been just really good over his last couple starts. And I really noticed against Atlanta, anytime that you can go into Atlanta and shut out that offense, I mean, only four hits allowed, zero earned runs, one walk and nine strikeouts, and then eight strikeouts the outing before. And, you know, kind of held his own against the Red Sox as well in start number three. So I think it's very interesting there. Gregory Polanco, as I mentioned, back into the lineup. I'm not sure if he'll play back-to-back days. It may be a little bit easy on him. But, you know, again, he jumps on DraftKings. He's you know, four, 45 hundred dollars you're like whoa and then on FanDuel you see he checks in at under three thousand dollars so again the pricing is a little bit tighter over on FanDuel and here we go let's get into the Baltimore Orioles we talked about them off the top they've really struggled this season Andrew Kashner maybe their most consistent pitcher uh, and we know that he's really not that great Uh, the White Sox were a great stack of course on Monday they come in with a 5.3 team implied total Uh, we mentioned Yoan Moncada, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson um, we even gave a shout out to Yonder Alonso as just maybe that middle stack is, is could have some success. Moncada didn't pan out, but Abreu was really, really good. And you know what, Greg, I think I would just go back to him again. I want to beat a drum here, but on FanDuel, he's $2,800. Yeah. Yeah. All, I mean, all the bats in this game. And I, I mean, they're, they're fairly, fairly well priced on DraftKings too. Um, I actually like the Baltimore side of this game. Nova nice. has a is pretty well known for struggling against lefties, and there's some decent lefties. You got like Dwight Smith, you got Jonathan VR, um, Rio Ruiz. If Chris Davis could, you know, make contact with something, it's probably going to go yard in this park against Ian Nova. So, and uh, with Nova's low strikeout rate against left-handed hitters, this is probably as good as a chance as Davis is ever going to get. So, uh, yeah, I like all the bats in this one. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Nova checks in with an 82% contact rate for his career. This is the first time 
is since 2013, it's been under 80 and it's only at 79%, guys. So um, <laughs> the contact is definitely going to come for some of those guys. So it's another good call by you, Chris Davis. A little bit more expensive than what he was. He's not $500 anymore on FanDuel, right, but he's right. $2,100 still. Um, a definite discount uh, in DFS. Let's go to Toronto. Been conflicting reports. I'm up here. I'm not a Jays fan. I was an Expos guy, so I was huge Vladimir Guerrero guy. So I'm just waiting for Vlad Guerrero Jr. to get called up. There's some reports. This would be the game Tuesday. I'm like, oh, wicked. Jeff Samarja. Then there's some reports on Friday. Um, you know, he would have to go up against Mike Fires. Another just fly ball pitcher. Gives up a lot of home runs. Uh, what's your early take on Trent Thornton? I know Joe likes him a lot as a strikeout guy. The Giants, again, much like the Pirates, don't really have a threat in that offense. Buster Posey just doesn't seem like the same guy anymore. No, I agree. I actually, Thornton's one of the guys that's that's high on my list for this slate, which tells you a lot about, about what's available really on this slate. But, <laughs> um, I mean, this is a guy who was, you know, he had a 23.6% strikeout rate and a 393 XFIP in AAA last year. He was in the Houston organization, which – I don't know about you, but anybody that comes up through the Houston organization usually grabs my attention because they're pretty good at finding guys sure. and building a good farm system uh, before he ended up in Toronto. Um, the strikeout upside is definitely there. Um, you know, for me, it's the last couple starts have been a little bit rough. He, he gave up uh, three home runs and in, in five earned runs um, against the Rays. So the, it's, it's risky, but the Giants are about as good as a matchup as you can get. Um, so I, I think Thornton definitely has some upset, especially in tournaments. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I, I think Thornton is is a strong play and also just an opportunity there potentially for a win. I know it's hard to predict wins, but um, you know, he's had some pretty good showing so far this year, and this will be one of the easier matchups he's had. And for on the other side, Jeff Samarja, uh, we've kind of picked on him a lot um, you know, over the course of this show the first few weeks. I mean, he's already allowed a couple home runs. He allowed six and just over forty innings last year. The year before in twenty seventeen, he allowed thirty bombs, and a lot of his home runs have come on the road. I believe like 60, the last 80, roughly don't quote me on that guys. Um, but pretty, pretty sure it's right in around that mark have, you know, been on the road. So Roger center, we know the balls can fly out of there. So if you're looking for some power, some guys to take a shot on, I think Gerchik is one. Justin smoke has been kind of disappointing. I'm surprised to see his, his price on DK is so expensive. And even around Fanduel, he's not much of a discount, but Teoscar Hernandez, uh, checks in at a reasonable price as well. Let's move over to the Boston. This will be the double header game. It's you'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, you know who starts in an early game. You, you may not see guys like Andrew Benatendi, Mookie Betts play both games. JD Martinez could probably go for both games, but we may see a couple guys rest in and out there. We should see Steve Pierce in the early game against a lefty, and we'll get Mitch Moreland in on the on the you know against the righty and Spencer Turnbull, who's on the hill. I I like Turnbull. I don't like him against the Red Sox, Greg. I can't, I, I'm not going to get that crazy. No, no, you, you couldn't have said it any better. His his surface numbers have been fa- fairly solid. He has strikeout upside. He's kind of like Thornton. He's got a decent Sierra. He's got 26.7% strikeouts. Um, but he hasn't faced great competition so far. He faced the Jays when they were in that crazy streak at the beginning of the year where they almost got no hit like every game. Yeah. Uh, and then he faced the Royals, the Indians, and the Pirates. And the last three of his last starts have been at home, and now he's going on the road at Fenway. Like, this just isn't the spot to try him out. 
No, not at all. Uh, I'm going to like the Red Sox. I mean, they're going to be heavy favorites in, in those two games, but um, you can take them by a couple runs and increase your odds. I think it's a good bet at home. And, you know, they got that win against Tampa, that sweep rather. And, you know, th- that might be the start of their turnaround. Let's move over to the Mets and the Phillies. Again, Zach Wheeler is just, this will be the second straight start for him against Philadelphia. It's been a rough go for him, guys. 21 hits allowed in 22.2 innings. He does have 22 strikeouts, but he's walked 14. He's given up some hard con- Contact. He's given up three bombs already. He's faced some tough competition, Greg. Started off the season back-to-back starts against the Nationals, then went into Atlanta and faced the Braves, and then in Philly, and now he's home to the Phillies. It, you know, I think 7-9, like, it's nice to see his price drop down, but I don't know, man. I just don't have that confidence in him against this Philly squad, but he does have an upside to win you a GPP in a tournament, and he could come with a low ownership. Yeah, I I want to, especially on this slate where like again nobody's really standing out. But he's got a five ten Sierra. The strikeouts are down. The walks are up. He's got a one five four WHIP. He just faced the Phillies in his last start like a week ago. It's actually less than a week ago, and they let him up. Yeah, the the they're making it tempting with the price, and you know I think. As I'm building my lineups, if he's like the last guy in my lineup and it just makes everything else fit, then then fine. But I'm not going out of my way to roster him. No, I I, I don't think I could either. There's some other ter- the other pitchers here that you know are in better spots. Mikel Franco, he he jumped up to the four spot in the lineup, which was nice to see. Uh, Gene Segura is supposedly uh, supposedly back this weekend on the IL with a hamstring injury. So there's some guys moving around a little bit in the Phillies lineup. JT Bermuto remains a, a nice little value play over on the FanDuel side. I actually like the Mets side of this one. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I'm not buying in. I'm not buying in. No, and and he's and he's pretty well known for struggling against lefties in particular. And the Mets have some pretty solid lefties. You know, Nimmo. And if Cano gets back in, I know he was out today after he got hit on the hand and he had a soft cast, I believe. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there. But he's been super cheap. Uh, you know, Conforto, McNeil. Like, I, I really like the the lefties in particular on the Mets side, and I think this one will go under the radar. So. Um, the only thing that stinks about it is it's in New York, which isn't the greatest hitters park. Um, but Eflin's been, he's, he's got a two Oh five home run per nine this season. Uh, he gave up three home runs against the Marlins in Miami a couple of starts ago. Um, I I definitely like the Mets side. Yeah. I think a a lot of people were really freaking out of that first start in Washington where he had nine K, you know, a good start for him, but again, myself, I'm not, I'm not really buying into him. I, I like the fact that he can, he had, does have some starts where he keeps the ball on the ground, but you know, overall, uh, there's some potential for some home runs. So, uh, 16 home runs allowed for him in just under 130 innings. So, yeah, keep an eye on Robinson Cano. He he seems to be a value for us every week, Greg. You know, Joe and I are always talking about Can- Cano. I know he's not the same hitter anymore, but he always checks in at a decent price. And the Mets stack we've noticed has been low owned. It's just been very underrated. So, uh, yeah, we kind of skipped over that 4.3 team implied total. So a nice catch there by you. Let's go over, over to another guy that a lot of people are excited about. I'm seeing a lot of buzz in waiver wire leagues, deep leagues on the waiver wire about Homer Bailey, 6-2 taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. Now I think Stanek is going to start for the Rays. Not 100% sure. We don't have a guy just in there yet, but it's most likely going to be somebody who checks in and has an inning or two. But uh, I'll get your thoughts on Homer Bailey before I before I give mine. He has had some positive showings um, and some positive signs already to start the season, which is surprising to me. 
I I just can't do it. It's Homer yeah. Bailey. Like I just can't. I can't do it. Like everything says that I should. Like 357 Sierra, 29.4% strikeouts, 1.09 whip this season. Um I mean, you got to take it with a little bit with a grain of salt. His last two starts were against a very banged up Yankees team and then Cleveland who before they got Lindor back. Um he got smoked by Seattle earlier in the season. Granted everybody's been getting smoked by Seattle. Um, and now he's up against Tampa. Tampa's got a 342, you know, Woba and a 212 ISO against right-handed pitching. I don't, I don't know. I just don't think I can pull the trigger on Homer Bailey. It is a good pitcher's park. This game is in Tampa, so I'm not gonna fault you if you if you want to take a shot. But not I, doing I, it. I'm not doing it, man. I was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting it out to see if you talk yourself into it. Um, I can't do it either. I, and you, you brought up some good points with him and the Rays do, they are striking out. The offense is, is not that bad. It's underrated. Like, I think there's, there's some guys in there that, you know, like Choi Diaz, Tommy Pham, obviously, um, Abisel Garcia has, has had some pop in his bat. Uh, Mike Zunino, if he gets back in the lineup, I know he hit a home run yesterday. He's been awful, but um, he did hit a home run yesterday. He's got some pop as well, but I just can't get into to Homer Bailey. I understand with the strikeouts. You, I think you brought up the best point of all is he faced two watered-down lineups. Yeah. He took advantage of them. I mean, even still, a 38% fly ball rate. It's been the home runs that have really gotten him over the past couple of years, and you know his. We always joke about his name is Homer, but forty three percent hard hit rate so far this year, forty percent last year, and if I'm looking at just contact rates and swinging strike percentage, I see seventy five percent contact rate right now. Only twice in his career he's been below eighty, and that was all the way back in twenty fourteen. And those the twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen seasons, the only two years he had a double digit swinging strike percentage. It's at eleven point five right now. I, I think he's just taking advantage of some of some soft opponents. So I, I'm not buying in at all. So will you attack him? Will will you try to get some rays in there and try to get some power bats? Yeah, especially if he starts gaining buzz tomorrow, like like out on Twitter or out in the out on the line star chat or, or wherever. But if it seems like he's popular, I mean he is cheap. I, I'll give him that. So if he's gonna turn into people's favorite SP two, like on DraftKings. Then, then yeah, I, I'll I'll have some stacks out there against him for sure. I mean, someone like that, he's he's super volatile. So if he gains any kind of popularity, it's kind of like the Luke Weaver situation. I'm gonna want the other side of it. Yeah, and the Line Star chat, by the way, guys, is super active and very awesome. If you haven't been able to check out the app, it's uh, Joe and I just love it. I mean, there's there's so many cool tools, the values, projections. You can obviously switch over to whatever site you you play. You can get yourself. Um, just a really good lineup by looking at some of the values and some of the projections that come across. So the chat is active. Keep an eye on the chat for us, um, of course, because Homer Bailey, and I know a lot of people are going to be talking about him. Move over, Zach Davies taking on the St. Louis Cardinals, the team implied total of four right now for Milwaukee. It's got to be one of the lowest, but we didn't have a, a starting pitcher, you know, up until just recently, and it's Ponce de Leon. Do you have a feel on him? He hasn't pitched yet this season. He doesn't have, obviously, a lengthy resume in the majors. You know, struggling with some walks, not striking a lot lot of guys out in AAA. And, obviously, tough for him, man. He's got to face one of the best lineups in baseball. Yeah, uh, 33 innings in the majors last year. You know, 4.18 Sierra. Not not terrible, but nothing great. He's he's kind of priced up. I was surprised considering he's AK on DraftKings and this is going to be his first start of the year. Like, and only his little, fifth of his career. Yeah. I was a little bit taken aback by that, by that price for sure. He's been awful so far in AAA this year. Um, he's, I, I shouldn't say awful. He's two and all, which is good. 
He's got a 324 ERA, which is good, but it's a 6.06 XFIP. So regression is coming hard. He's got a 144 whip, and he's only striking out 17.8% of batters in Triple A. So what's that going to look like at with major league competition? Like he may not strike on anybody at all. So no, I don't have any interest in in De Leon. I, I think I think the Brewers side of this looks pretty good right now. Yeah, and for De Leon, and my thing is, I mean, you're when you're walking guys like four point zero three walks per nine, four point six seven. That was twenty seventeen Triple A, twenty eighteen Triple A. When you're walking guys in the minor leagues, I mean, you're going to have some issues, you know, in the bigs with command. I mean, the only walking in the minors are guys like really just going to the bus. Let's be honest. So, um, it, it may be a tough start for him. Uh, I, 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 I'll go back to some of these Milwaukee bats that are struggling. Travis Shaw. Jesus Aguilar has been in and out of the lineup. He's just been so awful, but maybe this is an opportunity for him to jump on, you know, just um, a pitcher that doesn't have um, a strong track record and somebody who's given up a lot of home runs in the minor leagues, had a high fly ball rate. So there could be an opportunity there to just to get some guys with a lower ownership. Mike Moustakas is out of the lineup Monday, so keep an eye on him for tonight. The Cubs and the Dodgers. We have Kenta Maeda. He's $10,000 on DraftKings. Unbelievable. One of the biggest shocks to me, I think, of the night on FanDuel. He's 8-7. Jose Quintana has been really good this season. He has had one bad start against the Brewers. We just talked about their offense and what they can do to you. But he's had some pretty strong starts. But, you know, just looking at the, the numbers overall, Greg, the Dodgers are they're a strong team against lefties. I mean, we have Kike Hernandez. Small sample size, mind you, but a 620 Woba, 500 average against lefties. AJ Pollock has been a value bat inside the, that Dodgers lineup. DK, he's $3,600. A 480 Woba, 368 average so far against lefties. I know he's he's struggled overall, but this seems like a pretty good spot for him. And for Kike, a 61.5 hard hit rate so far. Are, are you going to try to stack some of these expensive Dodgers bats, or are you going to buy into Quintana? What's your feeling on this game? I can't pay these prices for Maeda and, and Quintana. Like, like Quintana is another one of those guys on the list of are we really buying it or not, along with Weaver and, and Homer Bailey. Like, I mean, the numbers this season have been lights out. 308 Sierra, 31.5% strikeouts, 51.9% uh, ground ball. But, I mean, this is the Dodgers, uh, and it's in Wrigley. So I'm not going there. And then Maeda, it's kind of the same thing, like 10K on DraftKings against the Cubs. Um, you know, he's got a 380 ERA, but at 487 Sierra, uh, he's his strikeout rate is average right now. He's walking over 10% of batters. Um, I just, I don't know. This is just, as we're going through these games, this is just feeling like, uh, take a shot on some of these lesser known guys like the Trent Thornton's of the world. And, and maybe a couple of these, are they for real comeback guys for a little bit less money with, with the upside, um, and let other people pay these prices for some of these guys that I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not feeling it. Yeah, um, it's it's a tough price to pay, and this this game could. I wouldn't be shocked if it was like a six five game, five four game. Um, you know, guys like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Are you like are you going back to these guys? You know, night in and night out, when you see the struggles at the plate. I mean, over at the Athletic, doing chat every Monday, a lot of questions again today, Greg or yesterday about Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, what I do with Chris Bryant, like obviously you don't want to drop, you don't want to trade on the value is not there. But from a DFS standpoint, when you see maybe potentially the price drop, the ownership drop, are you willing to take a shot on him? And hey, it's only a matter of time. It's like Chris Bryant, like is he ever going to get back to just smashing balls? Or you got to wait until the summer days and the wind's blowing out in Wrigley because that's a thing as well. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think if you're if you're doing multiple lineups, I think you got to have at least a little bit of exposure to these guys at these prices because we know what they're capable of, and 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 the upside is certainly there. Um, you know, but it's it's tough because you you kind of feel like you're taking a shot in the dark right now because they just really haven't shown us anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be curious because like this is Wrigley, so right now we don't have any any Vegas lines on this one because we're waiting to see what the wind looks like. So I'll be curious what what that rolls out as and if that makes any difference or not. Um, so we'll kind of probably have to wait and see a little bit later on w- what that looks like. We have Wade Miley, lefty on the hill. He's $6,800 on DK, $6,300 on Fandle. One of those guys is obviously just not a fantasy guy. He's a better real-life pitcher, even though he struggles with some some home runs. But for the most part, in the course of his career, he's you know he's he's limited the damage by keeping the ball on the ground. Uh, he faces a Twins team here tonight, and Michael Pineda, 7-1 on DK, 7-7 on Fandle. I'm willing to take shots on Michael Pineda in certain spots. This isn't one of them for me. Uh, he does have some strikeout upside, but over the course of his career, it's home runs have really gotten to him. And, and the Astros are just, they're feeling it right now. They're, they're hitting home runs left, right, and center. He's smashed a bunch in the Texas series. I, I keep throwing out guys like Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman forever on Fandle was like 3-3, three, 3-4. Three, three, and he's he's now 4-3 is, is respectable price. But Michael Brantley, Carlos Correa, both of those guys checking at under 4 any takeaways here uh, on this side for you? Eddie Rosario, small sample size, but he's had a pretty good start to the season against lefties, a three thirty three average, a couple home runs, hit five, I think, in that Baltimore series on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, the Twins just smashed Baltimore. I mean, what did they have? A, was it 11 home runs or something like that? In that yeah, double I think so, like that, yeah. That, that was insane. Um, no, I, I like the offenses in both of this. I don't like either of these pitchers. Uh, uh, Pineda has a 40, 45.6% fly ball rate and a 45.6% hard contact rate so far this season. He's giving up almost two home runs per nine. Um, he's had two starts with four innings or less, and he's faced the Indians, Tigers, and, and Blue Jays. His only real tough opponent was was Philly, and now he's going to face Houston. Like, I, I love the Houston offense on this one. And then Miley, I have no interest in Miley. He doesn't really strike anybody out. The Twins are a sneaky good offense right now. They have a 364 Wobo and a 209 ISO against left-handed pitching. I, I think you can stack both sides of this game. Yeah, that Wobo you mentioned is the sixth best mark in baseball against left-handed pitchers. So I would agree with you there. I think you can get some Twins and it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to like the over and I'm going to like both sides on the stacks for sure. 4.9 team implied total for Houston. That's going to rise uh, as we get closer to first pitch. Washington, 5.3 team implied total. They must be playing in Colorado. They are <laughs> Chad Bettis is the pitcher for the Rockies. Um, a 4.8 team implied total there. Patrick Corbin is going for Washington. Now, Colorado, we all know it's been, you know, a couple of years now where they've just destroyed left-handed pitching and it's been led by Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. Again, when you're looking at just Team Woba and you dive deep into some of the numbers, even with some slow starts from some of those guys in Arenado and Story, even still, Arenado 491 Woba this season for Story of 390. So those are guys that just have success. Are you willing to pay up for them, though, against a guy in Corbin? We, we were supposed to see Kyle Freeland in this start, a blister on his finger. He hit the IL. It's Chad Bettis. Um, what's your take here? I mean, obviously, Coors Field, we got to expect some runs. We're trying to find some value. It's tough to find, man. Uh, the, the one guy who's like a name value today, of course, is pitching in Coors. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... I, are you going to go contrary? Are you going to go GPP there? And as we're going through this slate, like I would, ra- I would almost rather take a shot on Corbin, who's priced down a little bit because he's in cores over someone like a like a Weaver or or a Homer Bailey or you know. Right, some of those I agree because but... you're not going to get Carlos Carrasco unless you're playing different slates. Like he's not going to be in that 7 p.m. Eastern on. 
Right, exactly. And I mean, the Rockies have been bad. I mean, they have a 27.6% strikeout rate against left-handed pitching, a 158 ISO, a 287 Woba. I know it's at cores, and I know they can pop off at any moment when they're at home. But I, I can see myself rolling out at least a handful of Corbin lineups tomorrow uh, at, at this price and, and against that lineup. If it burns me, so be it. It's cores. I knew what I was getting myself into, but I don't hate it. I really don't. You know, a lot of people have been asking some strategy about DFS and, you know, been talking about just painting a picture and sometimes it has to be wild. Like you have to just assume, hey, you know, if I'm not on Colorado bats here, that means paint the picture that potentially they didn't do anything. And you had Patrick Corbin, everyone's on Colorado bats at home. So you get yourself a good, decent exposure to Patrick Corbin. And yes, you're right. There is some risk there. He could get lit up. Uh, the past history is there with some of the Rockies bats, but as you mentioned, some of them have been struggling. I, I noticed maybe they might get going again. Now the doll and uh, McMahon's back in the lineup, perhaps, but Garrett Hampson is one of those guys that's striking out a lot. Ian Desmond striking out. He's not putting, not doing a whole lot. And Charlie Blackman, Hasn't really done a whole lot either. So Patrick Corbett, he, I think we could all agree he has the highest ceiling, right? Out of all the pitchers we've talked about, besides yeah, Carrasco. I yeah, 100%. His, his floor is much lower than it would be normally, but but definitely the highest ceiling. Lance Lynn is a guy we like to pick on a lot here on the program. 3.7 team implied total for Texas. He goes into Oakland to face Frankie Montas, a 7.6 uh, pricing on DK for him on FanDuel. Much more expensive, 8.4. Lance Lynn checks in at 6-9. Um, you have a feel here. Um, Chris Davis, always a good play. I mean, fly ball hitter going up against a fly ball pitcher. It is in Oakland, though. Yeah, not the best hitter's park, but uh, I never I never mind having bats against Lance Lynn. So uh, Davis, Chapman, those guys in play. Morales is usually a cheap guy in the middle of that order. Uh, it looks like he's 3-2 on DraftKings. So so there's there's definitely some value there. Um, Montas on the other side is, is a pitcher I have interest in on, on this slate. He's got a 386 Sierra, a, a 0.94 whip, uh, 21.7% strikeout rate. He's forcing almost 60% ground balls right now. Um, you know, the Texas lineup is decent, but they are coming off of a long home stand, and now they're going to be on the road and it's a, it's a pretty bad park shift for them. They only have a 3.7 implied total. So, uh, I can get behind some Frankie Montas. Yeah, and what I noticed from him is he's he's limiting the hard contact. Last year, he was giving up some hard contact, uh, but this season, you're, you're right about the ground ball rate. I mean, almost 60%. you got to love that when you're targeting um, some pitchers uh, against some guys who can really just have some pop in their bats, like obviously Joey Gallo. Um, and as Drupal Cabrera has been decent so far this year, but a good spot for Frankie Montas. I would agree with you there. Let's head over to the Los Angeles Angels. We got Chris Stratton on the hill for the Angels. He checks in as one of the lowest priced pitchers on the board today. He's 5'8 on DK. He's 5'8 on FanDuel. It was looking like Domingo Herman was going to start for for the Yankees, but now Jonathan Loisaga is going to start for, for the Yankees. A shout out to Joey. He goes, Loisania. There's like his little Italian there. I'm like, what are you talking about but um i was more interested in herman i love the fact that he was striking guys out the angels don't strike out they make a ton of contact they don't do anything with the contact besides mike trout but um you know they get a break anyways they're not facing a lefty uh thoughts feelings concerns uh, no Yankees i'm lineup is pretty was... watered down but i can't go stratton no, I mean, Stratton's numbers are a little bit inflated because he's faced Seattle twice and he's got blown up both times, but I honestly don't think it matters. I mean, he's he's striking out 12.8% of batters and he's walking 15.1% of batters. It's really all you need to know about him. Like, no no thanks. Um, on, you know, on the Yankees side, um, 
I'm disappointed that it's not Herman. I was actually, he was someone who I thought I was going to be targeting pretty heavy and and now it's not. Um, Loisica or however you pronounce it. uh, (laughs) Yes. I don't know. I'm guessing at this point, he hasn't gone past four innings in either of his spot starts. So there's no way you can really give him a a serious look because I just don't think there's going to be, he's not going to go deep enough to return value. Um, So, you know, as far as this game goes, I think it's, the Yankees bats, even though they're pretty watered down, I, I think they would have a higher implied run total if they, if they had, um, you know, some of their regular guys in there, but obviously judge being out and Stanton being out and things like that. But I still have interest in them against Stratton, even, even without some of those bigger names. Well, I was like, uh, nine strikeouts in seven innings, decent, but I mean, the walks, right. I mean, he's walked five guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know how fully he's really stretched out. I, I I can't even still get on some of these angel bats. I, I you know it's a bit of a surprise. I think it's because of obviously Mike Trout in the in you know in the lineup, of course. But I've seen this team have high team implied totals all year long, and and a lot of people in in the chat and you know asking about stacks with the Angels. I just I need to see a little bit more until guys like Otani and Upton get back into the lineup. I just I think they're I don't think you I think you take that team applied total that they always have with a grain of salt and i think you know even though they don't strike out a lot i think even still you can you can attack you can get some starting pitchers opposing starting pitchers and and get a good chance at least for a w that might be the case here with the yankees final game to talk about uh we have uh, eric swanson very interesting candidate of course for seattle 3.7 team applied total and we have my boy nick margavichis he has uh he's a lefty he's got some great striker potential like young, like a lot of young pitchers, though, Greg, the walks can be a concern. Um, I, I, you know, Seattle has been just they've cooled off a little bit going into L.A. over the past weekend, helped them get back in, you know, on terms of home runs, get their confidence back up. But they have some guys who've just really destroyed lefties all year. I think this is, you know, from the pitching standpoint, maybe with Swanson and just to get some Seattle bats, maybe a good opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, Seattle has a, has a 169 WRC plus 328 ISO 415 Woba. I mean, it's a small sample, but those are ridiculous numbers against left-handed pitching. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely on the Seattle offense. And then, yeah, Swanson is, is interesting. He's only got one start this season and it was against Cleveland. So we got to take those numbers with the grain of salt, but in AAA last year, 72 innings pitch, 326 XFIP, uh, 106 whip, 26.8% strikeouts. Um, and then uh, he's facing the Padres and obviously the Padres are better this year, but they're not great. Uh, they are striking out 26.7% of the time against right-handed pitching and they only have a 170 ISO and a 288 Woba. So, um, I think Swanson's definitely someone we can take a look at tonight as far as pitchers go. And just underpriced. Well, maybe not, maybe underpriced is the wrong word for it because not a lot of people are really aware what Swanson can do, but yeah, $6,800 on Fandle, 77 on DK. If you're playing maybe in a late slate, um, someone to definitely think about. So there you go. We like Seattle. We like a couple of bats uh, in that lineup. Uh, we, we like Oakland. I always like picking on Lance Lynn a little bit. I don't care where it is, um, you know, where this game is being played for, for sure. Oakland could be some runs in the Colorado and Washington game. Although Greg and I both like, the upside and Patrick Corbin. Maybe we can get him with a low ownership pitching in cores. Going to be some runs in Houston and Minnesota. That's probably where I'm going to go for my home run call, Greg. I think I'm going to go with Alex Bregman against Michael Pineda. I know I've talked up Pineda a lot here on the program, um, but this is not a good spot for him against Houston. Uh, do you have, you know, a home, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have someone who you think could go yard? Are we going to Baltimore, get some White Sox uh, potentially in in our lineup? 
Yeah, I mean, oh, there, there's a few good spots tonight. I, I, I would go with a, uh, I mean, I guess the White Sox seems kind of lame because we're sitting it here does. watching them put up like 14 runs right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, one team that we didn't really talk about earlier that I that I will say I liked is the Cardinals against Zach Davies. So uh, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Matt Carpenter as my home run call. Oh, that's such a good call um, because Zach Davies. I'm glad you brought him up. We're going to have to have you back on the show, Greg. Yeah, he checks in with an 84% contact rate, gives up a ton of hard contact, 39% last year. Uh, yeah, Zach Davies giving up bombs, man. Uh, eight of them last year in 68 innings. And in 2017, 20 home runs allowed. In 2016, 20 home runs allowed. So that's a good call. He has a, he, has a one, he has a 119 ERA and a 521 Sierra right now. Like oh, yeah. people, people are talking. People are talking about him as being like the steady starter right now in this Brewers rotation. If, if he's their steady starter, it's going to be a long year. Oh, is it ever? I mean, that ninety-two percent strand rate, right? I mean, a three-point-five walks per nine and a five-point-nine-six K per nine. So when you're not striking anybody out and you're walking a lot of guys, eventually these stats will even out. Greg, it's been a pleasure, man. Really appreciate the time. Um, you know, again, a little shout out there. Give Greg a follow. And I didn't really get into it, but you are writing of course for line star doing some mlb everyone can check out your work there yeah uh, i'm so i used to be the daily writer uh some things changed in my personal life so i don't have as much time to dedicate but i am uh, i'm covering the weekend slates and i obviously fill in for folks when they need a when i need a day off so uh you can follow me on twitter uh at gp underscore landry and if you are a line star subscriber you can catch my articles on the weekends they're posted uh up on the projections page and be a subscriber, guys. Uh, the Line Star app is fantastic. Please give us a rate and a review. We appreciate the time. Thanks for hanging out. Good luck. Let the winners be yours. We'll catch you on Wednesday. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck podcast, brought to you by Line Star. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Minnie.